Welcome to the Move Forward Podcast with Dr. Kim Moss. We are here to move you forward in the call of God for your life, your career, and your ministry through prophetic insight, practical teaching, and powerful conversations with influential leaders. Never throw away your confidence. It is time to move forward. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Move Forward podcast. I am your host, as usual, Dr. Kim Moss. And today I have a very, very special guest with me, and his name is Joshua Silverberg. Joshua didn't ask you. I call you Josh, but do you like to go by Joshua or Josh? Oh, I love Joshua. Josh is great, too, but I love the whole thing. It's just, yeah. (laughs) All right. We'll call you Joshua. That's great. And uh, so I want everybody to meet you. Uh, You are a good friend of mine. Josh is a professional songwriter and a musician. He is a worshiper of Jesus, extraordinarily so, you might need to know. Uh, He's a minister, healing evangelist, a father, a husband, and he's my friend. One of the things I love to do on this podcast, as you all already know, is that when I have a guest, I like to I like to give their official bio, and then I like to ask them a few personal questions so that you can get to know my friend the way that I know my friend. Anyway, here's his official bio. Meet Grammy-nominated producer and hit songwriter Joshua Silverberg the Long Island native who now resides in Nashville, Tennessee, whose work can be heard on many major films and TV shows, and also sung by some of the most well-known CCM and worship artists of his generation. Working and writing with artists such as Brandon Lake, John Foreman, Jordan Feliz, Mark Carey Job, Chris Kalela, Matt Redman, The Belonging Company, Jesus Culture, Michael W. Smith, Mosaic, oh, and Bethel Music. Joshua has been very established in the music culture in Nashville, but much, much more than the music. What he loves most is watching Jesus set people free. When he started to pursue all the words of Jesus, he found himself in a life of miracles. In an over-the-phone prayer time with one of the worship leaders from Seacoast Church, Micah, whose video link we will include uh, when we release this podcast, was completely healed of a debilitating autoimmune disease. Shortly after he was invited to help lead his first miracle service at the same church, Seacoast Church in Charleston, South Carolina, and that night he was changed forever. Hundreds claimed they were healed by Jesus. The Bible says signs and wonders will follow them. Although he's not a pastor or in full-time ministry, he believes that all Christians are invited to live in supernatural, natural life. Well, that's supposed to be naturally supernatural life. He is most honored to partner in life with his wife, Michaela, and two children, Zoe and River. You can also find him serving on the prayer team and teaching encounter classes at his home church, The Belonging Co. Micah's testimony is on YouTube, and we're going to provide it, as I said, in the description of this episode of this podcast. And Josh, I wanted to ask you, where can people find you and your work? Do you have a website? Is there somewhere they can contact you? Uh, mostly just Instagram, you know, occasional I'll pop on the Facebook as well, but Instagram's already a lot for me to check. So <laughs> I totally get it. All right. I'm not like so. super official, but I'm kind of in the background of a lot of things. Okay. Yeah. All right. So in Instagram, it's just Joshua Silverberg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and I do- think on the link, uh, I think I sent you guys a link so you you can have it on the on the post as well. Okay, we'll do that. Yeah. All right. Well, so thank you for joining me today. And uh, I want to begin with, uh, before we get into our topic, I want to ask you a few personal questions. And I know I sent you these before because they're sort of hard off the top of your head. You have to think about them a little bit sometimes. So I want to know for my audience, would you describe yourself in three words and tell us why you chose those three particular words? Okay, so the first word I will use is quirky. And, (laughs) you know, people say this, I used to not think, you know, like that was a good thing to be maybe a little different or a little unusual. But as I've really grown into understanding the creativity of our Lord, um, he doesn't make copycats. And I feel like when you really dive into authentic, you know, 
Christ in you, you feel comfortable shining in how God has made you to shine. And it's okay that it doesn't look like everybody else. Yeah. Yeah, so. I think that's really true. When did you when did you realize you were quirky? Uh man, I think I'm finding out more and more every day. <laughs> You know, and this is interesting because I thought about this even from a prophetic angle. It's like we part prophesy out of our soul and almost like we know it all. You know what I mean? But very truly, Jesus, you know, the Holy Spirit, he knows it all. We see in part and we are made so individually different than everybody. And I love thinking about like even love languages that people need to find their own love language between them and the Holy Spirit. And even the way that you communicate with God and the way that I communicate with God, for sure, there's going to be the overlapping, the word of God, the Bible, time and worship, these things are proven, but then there's going to be other things that are going to be unique to you. So yeah, a lot of my story is quirky. I feel like God puts me in places that I shouldn't be and that I'm not qualified for in the natural time and time again. And you just, I don't know, it really does keep you in incredible dependence on him. Yeah, that's for sure. I think too, that sometimes um, those who are really created, I mean, of course you are, you produce and create music and, um, and you do a lot of things for very creative um, companies and, and groups and things like movies. Um, I think that, I think to be very creative like that often takes a quirky personality. Don't you think so? Yeah, I do think people want to see, like the message of truth is the same, but they want to see it through a new window. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes a story set to shine light on truth that we all know Jesus is with us. We all know this truth, but if you hear it in a new way, it brings a fresh revelation. And, you know, my, my daughter, Zoe, like there's no doubt she's got the same thing. Like in the same way, my wife could say, can you go to the other room and like, you know, get my Diet Coke. I will walk to the other room, forget why I'm in there, but I'll be in a whole different world. <laughs> Like, and then I'll come back and she'll be like, did you forget? I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. But it's just, you know, the ups and downsides of living with someone at any moment, I could not be where I am. Yeah. Well, that must have been challenging growing up, though. I mean, because sometimes, sometimes being, being quirky growing up um, can be labeled differently and can cause actually some painful moments. How did you reconcile that to get to this place? Because every time I've ever talked to you, you know, first of all, you're extremely sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And I just love that about you. Um, and you are very creative, but you have, you, you seem very healthy in your understanding of who you are and, and how you function. Um, but in order to get there, I would think that you had to overcome some obstacles and some painful things when you were younger. Oh, without a doubt. I feel like the Lord is constantly giving me inner healing and deliverance. It like never stops, you know, and when I thought, I mean, if anyone here has experienced listening deliverance, like true like demons screaming out of you deliverance and then feel the freedom of that you know you know what i'm talking about but there's things that i even took into account as my own personality that really weren't they were you know like things that attached when i was a child you know we'll we'll go into this more but i for sure has have overcome some incredible situations and i would I wouldn't call overcome them. I would call things happen to me and then God healed me. Yeah. You know, so we overcome because he did, but it's like knowing that what is available and, and the constant, I would say transformation of a Christian into Jesus. Oh, I think that's so good. I can, I can tell 
I can tell someone needs to hear this right now. I can just feel it in the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and I know that even for myself, I, I wasn't really a very quirky uh, kid, but growing up, I was, um, I was always a little too loud, you know, a little too, a little too in your face. I was too much of everything, you know, and then I pulled way back. And so then I always felt like I was too little of everything. And so there was a lot of things that I also had to get delivered of and to get healed from. And God did the same thing. One of the things I think that, that I noticed in my own life after deliverance is not only the freedom that I felt, but I became almost another person. You know, I went from this very timid sort of sit in the back, but sometimes talk too much person who was so insecure all the time. And so, so feeling like, um, like I, I just knew people didn't like me. So I had to talk over them because I was afraid if I stopped talking that they, I would hear that they didn't, didn't like me. I wasn't accepted to, to a person who, you know, to who God really created me to be. And, and that's just, you know, uh, confident who and who I am and I am loud and I am sort of aggressive and I am sort of out there and, uh, and that's, but that's what God created me to be. So that when I go places that I'm not afraid to step out to heal people or say what needs to be said. And, uh, I'm not timid at all. So there was a huge change that came into my life when I received deliverance. Did you find the same thing for you? Yes. I mean, I thought I was going in, honestly, for prayer, for fear of flying. And this was really like two years into seeing miracles as normal. You know, two years into being activated and seeing people healed, usually every week and sometimes multiple people and you know like and we can get into some of the story of how that started but so just so you know where my headspace is i'm going for it i'm going for christ i am like jesus i want to be your disciple i don't have any other thing in this world that i want so the thought i mean just even the thought that i could be really have some critters would be I had no concept of that, you know? So I go into prayer at the belonging. I sign up for prayer because, you know, as you mentioned, I challenge myself to believe every word of Jesus to be true. Doesn't matter what I'm seeing, feeling, thinking, what people have preached. Like I threw all of that out and I said, I'm going to look at these red letters here and I'm going to believe them. But I knew when I got into an airplane, the panic that would ensue. I'd pray in tongues, I'd sing songs, I would do every single thing you could possibly do, but fear would manifest on airplane out of my control. And really, I feel like that's a sign that there is a need of strongholds to be broken, deliverance, inner healing, maybe a combination, maybe some, maybe all of them. Like there's work to be done. Right. You know, when you have prayed when you have done everything but you're constantly attacked either by thoughts or things out of your control that you do not desire for yourself you know so you're being really manipulated by the enemy right and so i go into long story short i go into the prayer this is with alex and henry at the belonging and this is kind of before it became really a huge church but so they had time to meet individually with people, you know, now that would be impossible. So I don't want to get them in trouble by saying, and then them getting a million emails. Can you come in? Can I come to your basement? You know, but I, I went into their basement and it was so simple. It was, Alex said, ask the Holy spirit, what the root is for the fear. Mm-hmm. And like, the whole week leading up to that prayer, God was bringing this up to the up to surface. And the first time I told anyone about what happened to me when I was a child was a week before this prayer. I just felt the Lord going like this. So I told my wife, hey, you know, I know you don't know this about me, but, you know, when I was in third grade, there was a neighbor that sexually abused me, you know, honestly raped me. And he was a friend of mine. And 
I didn't tell a single person about this event, yeah. you know, and, and honestly, I didn't think about it. You know, so much time has passed since then. I was probably 35 or so at that point. I didn't really think of it maybe once every five years. So I would not think of that this had control over me, that something there attached to me, you know, because I, I feel like as kids, we process differently than adults. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, what happened then was very truly, I agreed to shame. I agreed to fear. I agreed to that I'm a shameful person, you know, and these are so opposite the message of Jesus. And I kept it secret. There's all these things that created room for the enemy to come in. And then the enemy loves pain. If you've experienced pain, he's going to feed on that thing that, you know, he needs a body to feed pain through these spirits. They need places to do that. So they'll just, they'll function in those areas. So she, she says this and I go, well, I keep thinking about this event. You know, I don't see how, what that has to do with fear of flying. I don't see the connection, but I'll tell you about it. Cause that's the thought in my mind. Right. And then she's like, all right, well, we're going to go after it. And it was really simple. It was, I, she's like, say this, come, just say that I come out of agreement with shame. I am not a shameful person. And before I can um, truthfully get the whole thing out of my mouth, I'm screaming, I'm hysterically crying. Like, you know what, you know why? Because those demons didn't want to be in me. You know, you want to give your, teach your demons a lesson. This is what you do. You go after God, you starve those things. You go, you worship, you go after God, you go after things of the spirit, you cut out anything that could feed them, cut out sin, cut out Netflix, cut those things out. You know, you don't need to feed yourself that, cut out negative news, come on somebody. So like- Break the Josh. Yeah. Like cut those things out. You will starve those things that attack you. You will starve them. They need a body to do the things. It, loosens, so they wanted, it begins to loosen yeah. their grip. And so the bondage begins to break up a little bit. And so that when you do actually come out of agreement, you recognize what it is, you can name what it is, and you tell them to go and you remove their authority, they go much easier because you have you have begun already to cut off their attachment and your your attachment and dependence on them. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Absolutely. And I wasn't laughing earlier. You might have, my audience, you might have heard me laughing a little bit when Josh was telling, Joshua was telling his story. And, um, and it's not because I thought it was funny. It's because I'm identifying. I had a similar experience when I was six years old. The neighbor woman who was my babysitter, who was actually um, an older teenager herself, uh, sexually molested me. And later, and I, the same, didn't really think about it. Didn't, you know, you get past it and you, you push it out and you don't think about it. And you don't realize that there, because you are a kid, you know, that you internalize that and you come into agreement with this must have been my fault and I, I'm, I am ashamed of it. And it was shameful. You don't want to talk about it, especially when you're a kid, you know, and I have this, I had a, such a similar experience, Joshua, and I didn't know that you and I had this in common as well, because when I went for deliverance for the first time, uh, when I was 34, 35, and um, yeah, I was shocked when um, this came up and we talked about it and I had the same thing, sobbing, screaming. My legs actually were involuntarily jumping up and down because I was sitting and I, I couldn't stop them. And, uh, but when it came out, that all stopped and I had a great peace. <laughs> it was a crazy experience. I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. I'd never been through, I didn't know there was such a thing as deliverance. I really was just barely learning about the Holy Spirit and, and demons and all of that, you know, and, uh, and learning that they can attach and that you can actually get free from that bondage, come out of agreement with them. Yeah. And the, I think this is good for people to hear that it has nothing to do that 
you don't love Jesus, that you're not following him, that right. you can be attacked. And in fact, I would say for those that love Jesus, you're more of a threat. You're more of a target. You just are. You're going to cause damage to his camp. He's going to try and stop you from sharing. Right. So, you know, the, it's almost like a lie, like maybe people are beyond this, but maybe some people aren't, you know, that Christians can't have demons, you yeah. know, and, and well, it, it, there's lots of teachings and stuff you can go into, but very simply, your spirit man is perfect and one with Jesus. No demon can touch it, but you do have a soul part of you and you do have a body part of you. Now, th these things can be definitely touched and harassed, and that's why the Bible says, if you truly want true transformation, renew your mind. So that is your mind and your soul need to conform to the beauty that your spirit already is, to the oneness with Jesus, to the perfection because think, I love thinking about this, like in the Old Testament, you could not go into the Holy of Holies, only one priest once a year, and there's all these rituals, and they tied a rope around him, they'd have to pull him out, sometimes he would die if he didn't follow everything, like that's how perfect God is, he cannot commune with another spirit unless it's perfection, now, how does he commune with us, because it's through the blood of Jesus, through the redemption and the exception of the Spirit of Christ into ours. We are now married to Christ and we commune with God. We go boldly into the throne room because the Father sees us perfect. And I love this verse, you know, he that knew no sin became sin, really became the curse so we could become the righteousness of Christ. So that's the truth that my soul needed to know even though it believed because this thing happened, I'm not righteous, I'm not pure, I'm not spotless, I'm not blameless, but know this, you know, listeners, church, friends, family, like the spirit part of you is perfect. It is, it is, it just is. And you weren't designed, you weren't designed by God to carry shame. You weren't designed by God to be in bondage to any demon. You weren't designed by God to have thoughts that don't belong to you that are not coming out of a renewed mind. You know, the enemy can place thoughts in your mind. And we know that that uh, deliverance is a real thing because even uh, Jesus told his disciples, you know, Mark, Mark 16, 15 to 18, one of my favorite verses says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But it says these signs will follow those who believe. So who, who are we believing? Jesus. When we believe Jesus and the words that he has given us, and we as his disciples then and now, we are to go in the world and preach the gospel. It says these signs will follow those who believe. We will cast out demons, you know. So we, so that just shows us right there that he understood that there were real things, demons, demonic spirits that are attaching, attacking and causing all kinds of mayhem in the lives of people. And, and we do not have to keep that. We don't have to live like that. So if you're living in fear right now, if you're living with anxiety and panic attacks right now, if you are living with shame right now, you actually can be free from that. Jesus wants to set you free. And we get free by the blood of the lamb, by the his name, the name of Jesus, and by the power of the Holy Spirit. We come out of agreement with those things. And um, I just feel like right now, Josh, maybe you want to pray with us. I, yeah. I think there's somebody who's listening right now who's having an issue with some of this. Maybe they were molested when they were little. Maybe some other kinds of things have happened to them that have caused them deep shame. And um, and they think that's theirs. And actually, it's, it's demonic bondage. So would you pray with them right now? And I'm yes. going to agree with you. Yeah, just... Just say this, I come out of agreement with all shame. I come into agreement that I'm the righteousness of Jesus Christ. 
And in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray over everyone that's listening, every spirit that's trying to cause havoc and destruction and steal from them. I command everything stolen to be returned now. Be free in the mighty name of Jesus. Shame, you're a liar. I call you out. Fear, you're a liar. Anxiety, panic, you're a thief. We call you out in the mighty name of Jesus, and we say, go. Let God's people go. You've been found out. Be free. Be delivered. Be healed. In the mighty name of Jesus, come out in the name of Jesus. Some of you may feel heat starting. You may feel uh, like coughing. Just let it out. Let it out right now in the name of Jesus. Let it out. That's the Holy Spirit upon you. I see people shaking in the name of Jesus. We command every spirit to be loose now. Every tormenting thing, every stronghold be torn down. In the mighty name of Jesus, be free. In Jesus' mighty name. Now, those of you who have received that prayer and that deliverance, I want you to just take a little time and invite the Holy Spirit to come in and fill you afresh. Holy Spirit, we just, just say, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come in and fill up every place where those demons had occupied my soul, my mind, my body. And we just give you, Holy Spirit, the rightful place in our lives. We say Jesus is our King. We ask Holy Spirit right now that you would seal the work that you've done here. Close every door so that nothing can come back and give peace right now. Just give peace. We release peace over you. The peace of Christ that surpasses all understanding. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Wow. Woo, that was beautiful. So word number two. <laughs> what's, the second, what's the second word you use to describe yourself? Okay, the second word would be thoughtful. And uh, not necessarily like the romantic kind. Although that would be awesome if I ruled at that, I could I could definitely think less about myself. But <laughs> like, just you know, I'm usually not the first person in the room to speak, and I like listening to what people say and then listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying, and then kind of wait for that time and then speak. So it's like a waiting, yeah, on the Holy Spirit. And, and I think it goes along, like it's, that may be a little easier for me because of the quirky, like my head already is going somewhere else. So I think connection to the Holy Spirit is so natural. Mm. You know, like, I'm there, you don't have to convince me. You know, it says we're seated in heavenly realms. We have a dual citizenship. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm totally there. <laughs> awesome. All yeah. right. And what's the third word? And this one might surprise some people, but the ones that know this for sure is my mom and my wife. So strong-willed. Oh. <laughs> you know, and usually maybe people that are a little bit more thoughtful or maybe a little more withdrawn or quirky or whatever you don't really think of them as strong-willed but i feel like this was a part of a personality trait that i really need and if you want to minister for others especially healing and deliverance like i don't let go you know so like when i was a child you know my i would I was terrible, you know, like I would take my big wheel and run it into like the pastor during home meetings. My mom would tell me no. She would take me upstairs. I would throw temper tantrums so bad that I would, 
I'd be kicking the walls and the paintings would fall off the walls from the downstairs. Like she did not know how to deal with, like if I made my mind up, if I wanted something, nothing was gonna stop me, mm -hmm. you know? And now I've been able to put that into a healthier situation. <laughs> but like, man, if someone comes to me and says, oh man, I wanna be free. I wanna, I wanna be set free or I wanna write this song. I wanna do this thing. I'm like, great, we're gonna do it. I'm not giving up. I don't care how hard it is. If it takes five years, 10 years, if you die and can I pray resurrection over you, I'm not giving up. Like, just you tell me when to stop. Cause I won't, you know, like, yeah. that's just, it's a strong willed thing. Yeah. That's really good. That's important. It's really important. Especially you mentioned if you're going to do a healing and del deliverance ministry in the healing in the, when you first begin healing, especially healing ministry, I have ministered of course, with people like, you know, Randy Clark and Blaine Cook, who are, who are quite uh, uh, known for healing ministry. And, um, and I have heard them say when they have people, you know, in different parts of the world, we'll have, we'll have somebody come up to the group and, and talk to Randy, especially Randy and often Blaine and say, and say, I really want to have a healing ministry. I really want to move in healing. Now, would you pray for me? And would you give me an impartation for, you know, the gift of healing? And, and, uh, and I hear them counsel these uh, young men and women and just say, you know, I, I, I would be happy to do that, but I want to know um, if you are really going to uh, walk this out. Like, are you, are you willing to pray for 250 to 300 people before you see one healing? Because it might require that. It might require a test of your faith like that. And you are going to have to cling to this. If this is really what you, what you say that you want, then that won't deter you, you know, and that takes strength of will to do that. You really have to sort of stick with it. And, and then as you and I know, as we get further into healing ministry, um, when you, when you pray for people to be healed and, and there's a miracle, it's, it's, it blows you, it totally blows you away and you know it's completely God. But then when you pray for those and nothing happens, it's, it's heartbreaking, you know, and you can be very tempted to step away from that kind of ministry because, you know, you, who, who wants to feel like uh, it's not working, you know, but you, you don't get to choose. This is, this is God doing ministry. And of course, we want to always become more and more um, complete vessels that he can work through and to see more and more people healed. Um, but yeah, there has, you have to have a strength of will to, to be a minister, especially if you're going to do healing and deliverance ministry. I, I just, I just say absolutely true about that. Yeah. So God uses it for his glory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He does everything, right? Everything in our the life. good kind of stubborn. Right. Yeah. Right. Good kind of stubborn. Yes, exactly right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, let's move on a little bit. And, uh, I want to, I want to ask you the third question actually that's here under the personal ones. And, uh, because I'm going to move us along a little bit. And I want you to know that if we, if we run over time, you who are listening to us, we'll just, uh, we'll just close out this episode and we will, we will have a second episode. And cause I don't want to want you to miss anything that Joshua has to bring to you uh, today. And, uh, but Joshua, you write music and I, and I love that. And I know that you have such a heart for healing ministry and all of that. And we can talk about that in a little bit. Um, but let's just talk about your music just for a little bit. I know that you write music. I know that you've been involved in lots of uh, worship projects. But I want to know, what what was your all-time favorite worship song that you were in on that either you wrote or you were in on writing? And why is it your favorite? Okay. So my all-time favorite song. So it's very easy to, to pick for one that I was a part of, one that I wasn't a part of would be Heart of Worship, Matt Redmond. Yeah. And then, so, but one that I was a part of would be a song called Miracles. And that's sung by Jesus Culture and also Carrie Job. 
and I think Michael W. Smith did it too. So. Oh. <laughs> Yay. So that not it's not my favorite because they did it. But okay, so at this point in my life, miracles were not normal for me. Um, healing was something that I always believed in, but wasn't participating in actively. And, you know, also at this point in my life, it was a transitional life. It was the first real writing into worship music. So I was probably previously, I'd spent maybe about five to seven years in CCM music, you know, with a lot of great CCM artists. But then at this point, Capital Music signed Jesus Culture. But since I was a Capital songwriter, signed as their publishing, they sent me out to write with Jesus Culture. And you didn't know them at this point? No, I oh. didn't know them at all. And, you know, I'm, I met Chris there and he saw something I didn't see or wasn't aware of, or, you know, God just, he does things the way he wants. And he's like, why don't you come to my house for a week, you know, and we'll write. And truthfully, I didn't know like Jesus culture. I didn't know worship music really, you know, in the way that I do now. And, you know, God just, man, it's all him. So I go there that week and we are literally having dreams at night, writing these songs during the day. I mean, probably the most intense week I've had, we would write these songs. And then on one of the days, Chris told me about a dream of a song called Miracles. We were on the third song of that day, which is extremely rare. And I'm like, why don't we write the song you had the dream about? That seems obvious. <laughs> so we write the song, you know, great collaborators. Dustin Smith is a, another songwriter, worship leader, minister. And then Stu G, which you guys know from Delirious. We write this song called Miracles. And why it's my favorite is because the testimonies that have come back from this song are mind blowing and it's like never stopping. And we, I mean, the craziest one probably would be, and it's so crazy, Jesus, help us believe that this happens and help us receive it, that this is normal. Like this should be operation. Right. You know, because even saying it, it's like my mind is offended. But this guy writes in, you know, he sent it to Chris and Chris sent it to me. He said, you know, my mom went in for an operation. She's had cancer multiple times. She went in for an operation and she dies on the operating table. And the doctors come in and say, sorry, she didn't make it. So I'm sitting next to my dad and I put on the song Miracles. And when it gets to the point to say, his life is flowing through my veins, she wakes up and the doctors come in and don't understand and say, she's back alive. Really truthfully resurrected. Wow, I have chills all over my body. In anything that we're handed in life, I promise you the answer is to worship in the death of a loved one, not in hopes that they will resurrect, but just God is that good. He is that good. He will always be that good. He deserves our praise no matter what. And if you posture your heart in worship through every circumstance, like Paul in prison, beaten, bloody in jail, those jails will shake it has an effect but we don't worship to get the shake we worship because he's worthy right yes right praise the lord thank you jesus so and interesting enough the another like connection between that song and us is when i went to the 2020 Randy Clark, Bill Johnson, Healing School uh, at Bethel, you know, 
um, Global Awakening Healing School, uh, they, Randy starts telling this story about how, you know, they've been singing this song and people being healed and they, and all these this amazing healing that's broken out in other countries and when they sing this song and and like I asked Randy, I go backstage and I go, you know, I ask him something like, what what made you pick that song? I'm so curious. And his answer is so funny. It shakes me to today. And he looks at me, he's like, probably has no idea like how prophetic he's being. He just looks at me, he's like, is there another one? And just like that's it. And I'm like, so Randy. And I'm like, wow. I need to write another one. Yeah. There's not enough healing songs. Right. Really, there isn't many, truthfully, yeah. specifically geared towards that. Now there's a few. I've got four on my playlist when I pray for people. I've got four that like raise your faith in that level. Yeah. So what are they? What are they? I'm curious. Okay, so I'm clicking on my Spotify link. Okay. If you want to follow my healing playlist, it's four songs. <laughs> I do. Of course. It's Miracles. Yeah. Waymaker, which would be oh. an obvious one. The first time I heard Waymaker, I was in a foreign country. I was in uh, Guyana and they sang it and they sang it with a thick accent. And I'm telling you, I fell out under the Holy Spirit. It was so anointed. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh huh. Next. So many reasons I love that song. Yeah. Uh, this is a move, Brandon Lake, if you're familiar with that one. Yes. Mm hmm. And then uh, most new new addition is too good to now believe. Uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. You can't talk about it just yet. I have that on because I, yes. Uh, okay. I'll say more later. All right. Your four healings. Those are excellent. Yes, absolutely true. And, I'm, and these are like personal me. I'm sure there's others that are great, but I feel like for ministry you need songs that lift your faith and eyes to jesus yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely right absolutely so joshua i want to talk a little bit now about about healing i want to talk about the miracles and uh because i know i know that for several years now you have been a a, a well, I guess not so much a singer, but a songwriter and uh, and producer. Are you are you singer as well? Do I call you a singer songwriter or do sure. I? Okay, Absolutely. whatever. Just call me, right? Don't, doesn't matter what you call me. Just call me. Yeah. And um, I prefer to call you friend, actually, and uh, or spiritual son would be good for me. Um, but I remember when I first, when I, the very first time I talked to you, and uh, this came about through a mutual friend of ours, Tasha Layton, who is also a singer songwriter, who has also just released a few amazing songs, one of them, Into the Sea, uh, which was, uh, which really was so timely for what we were all going through in the pandemic last year. And uh, so if you haven't heard that, you need to look her up, Tasha Layton, uh, Into the Sea. But anyway, she's been a friend of mine for many years, and we actually uh, we actually went to seminary together many years ago in the early 2000s, and that's when we became good friends. And uh, even though she's young enough to be my daughter, but we are close friends. Um, but she, I was at her house uh, visiting, and she was she was telling me about this friend of hers, and she said, "Kim, I have this friend, and uh, and he is having these experiences, and he's getting wrecked by the Holy Spirit." And he's, he's starting to go down to Starbucks and, and he can feel when people are in pain and need healing and he's praying for people and people are getting healed. She said, and, and he has so many questions and I don't need know who to send him to except you, because I know that you're doing some of the same thing. And I personally, I don't, I don't know who else to send him to. And would you be willing to talk to him? And of course I'm like, you know, somebody's getting wrecked by the Holy Spirit and going down to Starbucks to heal people. Oh yeah, I want to talk to that person. 
And so anyway, so we, we connected at that time. And I remember that first phone call that we had. Um, I, I think I was at the airport and all this stuff is going on. I'm coming back from a trip and, um, and you were telling me some about your story and you, you were getting wrecked on the phone. Like you were, you were crying um, over what God was doing in your life and the preciousness of the Holy Spirit and this work that was happening in you. And it's so, it just so touched my heart, you know, because you weren't someone who was calling me to, to try and find a platform or, or find a way to meet, you know, some of the world leaders that I know, or, you know, any of those things, or, or find a ministry to become famous, you, you actually were wanting to go as low as you could, because you felt so humbled that God would use you in this way. And the other thing that I loved about you, Joshua, which I think is so pleasing to the Lord. And I, and I really mean that so pleasing to the Lord and so pleasing to my heart is that um, you, you have such a great compassion for people. I mean, this is, this is all about God, but it's also all about people whom God loves and, uh, and your heart breaks for the things that break God's heart. And um, that, that, uh, that hooked me right there. And I knew that you were the real deal, you know, and when I mean the real deal, I'm not, I'm not trying to puff you up. Like, like you're the next celebrity minister. I mean, you, you are the real deal. You are a follower of Jesus who allows yourself to be used by God and the Holy spirit um, to heal deliver and set people free and set them on the path for their own lives to know the glory of God. And, um, and this is a big deal, especially right now. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that journey, if that's okay. And I, and I think we have about 10 minutes. So let's talk about a little bit about your journey. And if it's okay with you, then we'll end this we'll end this episode and we'll come back and we'll finish the questions that I gave you. Would that work for you? That's great. Okay. So tell me about the journey. Like how did, how did this begin? Like, you know, so you are, you're heavy into music and you're, you're doing that and you're a dad and you're, and you're married. And I, I know that you've been a follower of Jesus for quite a while, but, but when did the naturally supernatural when did the getting wrecked by the holy spirit when did all that start how did it start <laughs> well i mean i feel like i almost say it's his fault because he started it yeah you know and uh i really true fully wish everyone could have the experiencing sight and see Jesus in their dreams. There was a time I was 11 years old and Jesus came to me and I was sitting in my bed in a dream, although it wasn't my bed. I just knew in the dream it was my bed. The whole room is blue. Everything is blue. And there's this huge like bay window and it opens up and Jesus comes in and he it's mostly a figure of a man with incredible light coming towards you and it's like the two most intense feelings wash over you in that moment it's one how unworthy you feel to be in his presence because of how perfect he is and then how perfectly he loves you like you are and i just just cried and woke up and I had the presence of God, like physical, tangible presence of God on me for a week straight, <laughs> never left. And, you know, I told some people and no one really had a grid. I wasn't in like a necessarily really active Holy Spirit church, although we believed in everything. And I wouldn't always tell everybody what I was feeling. So at that moment, it's my understanding now that God gave me a gift and I've been able to impart this gift. I call it a sensitivity to your skin, to his presence, of your skin, to his presence and awareness. So like 
Some people see in the spirit. Some people emotionally feel in the spirit. You know, they have the incredible discernment. You know, I feel on my physical body the presence of God, and he gives me messages, I would say, all the time. And it's been increasing. And I will pray for people, and they will receive the same thing. One example is I prayed for a buddy. He wanted it. He's like, I want that. And and really, that's really what you need to come with Jesus with. I want that. You hear about someone moving in a spiritual gift. You know what? It's available for you. What you need is I want that. Right. And then because God says he will give it to you, but you've got to want it and you've got to go after it. So he says, I want it. I pray for him. Then he's driving Uber and he feels the coolness, a coolness rush under his feet. And he knows God's about to do something. He's going to heal this guy in my backseat, you know, and he just goes, hey, can I pray for you? Do you have any issues? And as the guy is sharing about his stomach issues, he's healed in oh. the car. Doesn't even have to pray for him. Jesus. But it's the awareness of what Jesus is doing in the moment. Like my favorite minister is probably Catherine Kuhlman and probably my favorite figure is John G. Lake for different reasons. But I think the goal in my mind in ministry is to be aware of what God is doing and just announce it. We're not even praying at that point. If you watch those Catherine Kuhlman videos, I mean, she didn't pray. She just started announcing, you know, she. I feel like she was buying time because you could barely follow some of the things she's saying. She's really waiting on the Lord. And then this is happening here and this and that. And then the whole night was just testimonies of people coming up healed. And she would pray for them after they were healed. She would very rarely pray for healing. She would announce. And that is, man, to be that tight with the Holy Spirit, to be that aware, to be that in tune, you know, like, wow. So she is probably one of my major influences as well as John G. Lake. And then, so I would say that's the beginning of the relationship. Then I would say at 16, I'm probably going over 10 minutes. I'll just finish this story here. At 16, I was healed of asthma and no one prayed for me like a pastor. It wasn't on my radar that I could be healed. It was after a church, after a chapel service, I was a worship leader at this time, after a chapel service at a small Christian school in Long Island, New York, it's called Smithtown Christian School, you know, 30 people in my class, it was super tiny, on my way out of the auditorium it's a small auditorium so on my way out the thought of you need to stay and pray was so loud and it kept getting louder and louder but i was arguing with it like this can't be god i'm going to skip my next class if i stay you know god's not going to tell me to skip a class that's like no you know but it was him and i when i got to the door i physically could not go any further like there was a force stopping me. And then I was like, okay, I guess this is God, you know? And I used to think like, I had trouble reconciling the theology of this event, you know, because I don't believe that God like supersedes anyone's will. But then when I really think about that situation, if I really believed it was God, I would follow him. He knew my will. Sometimes he just has to speak really loud and often for us to get it, you know, and I, I feel more like that, like the disciple that is completely like, I have no idea what's going on. He has to tell me a hundred times and then I get it. So I I'm a 10th grader. So there's two ninth graders with me. And I, I asked these ninth graders with me, hey, I think we're supposed to stay and pray. And they're like, yeah, that sounds right. And truthfully, that's the first miracle. Then we go to the back to the big, like middle of this auditorium, and I start to have an asthma attack. In the middle of me being obedient, seeking God, you know, think about this church. When you're being obedient, when you're doing what you're called, it's not that you won't come up against troubles. In fact, it, it will probably be more. If it's easy, chances are it's probably not God. Not say it can't be, 
But if it's difficult, don't discredit the journey that God has for you. If he spoke something to you and the path is difficult right now, don't second guess that word. Stay on that word. Stay with it. God has breakthrough for you. So in that moment, like God speaks to my spirit really loudly, not audibly, but so loud that there was no denial it was him. And in my lifetime, I would say there was only maybe once or twice besides this moment that I've heard God speak this loud to my spirit. And he goes, Josh, I did not design you to have asthma. Did not understand that statement. I knew it was him, but there's a hundred reasons why I could tell you people told me otherwise. And even the word design, it was like not a word I would use. Such an interesting word. Like at 16, I'm like design. I was like, I would not use that word. And then, then he goes, Josh, I do not want you to have asthma. Mm. And man, this is a big one. Like, I'm like, you're God. Don't you get everything you want? He certainly doesn't get everything he wants. Think about Jesus weeping over Jerusalem going, how I've longed to pull you to my chest, you know, but you did not listen to me. You did not heed my words. Now, woe is you. He was weeping over people that did not, he did not get what he want. Okay. God doesn't always get what he wants. There's lots of scriptures. There's one. That's my favorite. And the other, the third thing was, and I believe he sent, he's told me this just so I could believe the other two. He said, in this moment, it's keeping you from worshiping me. At that point, I knew I was called to worship. I knew the scripture were called to worship. Like that seems so obvious. Like if you reduce it to the most basic level, is there something in your life that's causing restriction to what you believe you're called to? Is it anxiety, fear, depression, sickness? Is it keeping you from worshiping God? Then God does not want it in your life. I mean, if you reduce it to the basic level that I feel like we all can agree on. The other two, you know, take some digging and take some soul searching and take the Lord revealing it to you. And he's still teaching me about those other two, but that for that one. So then I just, I asked my friends to pray with me. I go, hey, can you pray for with me? And in I was felt this rush over my body, you know, from that moment on, had soccer practice later that afternoon, first time in my life been winded by my own natural body because asthma would always kick in. I would always have to use my inhaler. I never even got to use the full capacity of my lungs, but that was the first time I did. And then being out of breath on the sideline, like, I'm like, this is beat, this is winded, this is awesome. <laughs> like I never got to feel that and like never had asthma attack, never had to use my inhaler, you know, like maybe once or twice felt a wheeze, but that was just the enemy trying to test what God did. And I said, no, I don't agree with that. And it left again. So let that be a teaching point. When God does something, he does it. In fact, he did it. But when he does it, he doesn't take it back. So if you've been healed or set free or delivered in an area and you found yourself again bound by that same thing, it's not God taking it back. In fact, God's empowering you in this moment through the Holy Spirit to tell that thing to leave you in the mighty name of Jesus. And I was healed. So that kind of starts my introduction to healing. Yeah. Wow. I didn't. Wow. I didn't. I, I think I heard the asthma story, but I didn't hear the 11 year old story before that. That is quite amazing. Well, everyone, uh, this is move forward podcast with Dr. Kim Moss. And my special guest today is uh, Joshua Silverberg. And I know that you are really enjoying our conversation as I am. And, uh, but we're going to close out this episode and uh, I hope you'll join us again next time, next week uh, for the second part of this interview, because we still have lots to talk about and we want to pray for healing at the end of, of next week's uh, episode. But right now, 
Joshua, I wonder if you would, uh, you made us all hungry to have an impartation for the sensitivity yes. of the Holy Spirit. Me too. I want it too. And uh, so would you pray for us for that? And would you also pray for those who have asthma? Because I know lots of people who have asthma. And listen, if you're listening today and you have a son or daughter who's not listening with you who has asthma, I want you to listen closely and I want you to receive this prayer um, in identification with your son or daughter. And then I want you to go and lay hands on them for the healing of their asthma, because I believe God's going to do that. So um, I'm going to give it over to you, Joshua, and then we will say goodbye and we'll come back for a second episode. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to pray first for an impartation, and then we're going to go and speak life into the lungs. Amen. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus, that you have been so near our entire lives, that you have never left us. Lord, we desire the deep things of you. Lord, If Jesus, if you died for it, then we want it. We want to leave nothing at the table. Lord, for the sensitivity of your presence on our physical bodies, Lord, I believe this is a gift that you've given to me and you've given me the ability to transfer that. So in the spirit, we lay hands on you, everyone that's listening, like Paul has said, he eagerly, eagerly desires to meet with you to impart the spiritual gift. We impart a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit on every fiber of your being, a sensitivity from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, every impartation you've given me, every revelation you've given me, signs, wonders, miracles, Lord, all of it, we impart now straight from heaven to every listener, every person re-watching and listening to this broadcast. In Jesus' name, I bless you deeper sensitivity to the Holy Spirit and sensitivity on your skin. You will feel the presence of God in worship. You will feel the prayers that when you pray over other people. You will know that Jesus is with you. You will know not only because of scripture and because it is the truth, but you will now sense it on your body, on your skin. When Jesus is about to heal someone, you will know it. Just like Catherine Kuhlman, you will announce it. You will say, God is here. I feel heat all over my body. Healing is here. Who needs healing? Who needs to be set free? Who needs to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? In the mighty name of Jesus, I bless you from head to toe in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Now we speak to the lungs. Lungs, I command you to operate by design. Mm -hmm. I command you to operate under the will and want of our Lord Jesus Christ, of the creator of all things, God in heaven. Come under that authority in the name of Jesus. I declare asthma to leave your body. I don't care how it's got there. We say, however it's got there, it has got to go. In the name of Jesus, we speak to that thing and we say, asthma, we rebuke you. CPOD, we rebuke you. Every restriction to the lungs, uh, holes in lungs, we command that to be reformed now in the mighty name of Jesus. People that can't live uh, with because they have tumors in their lungs, they've been given a uh, cancer diagnosis. We command that to leave now in the name of Jesus. Uh, Long-term illnesses, uh, uh, COVID-like uh, symptoms that won't go away. We command those lungs to open up now in the mighty name of Jesus. I see the power of Jesus Christ going into the lungs, the breath of the Holy Spirit. We breathe in the name of Jesus whew, into those lungs. Now I want you to take three deep breaths in the name of Jesus. Receive the wind and the power of the Holy Ghost. Breathe. Lungs open up in the name of Jesus. Breathe again. 
lungs open up in the name of Jesus. All wheezing go, all resisting go. Lungs open up now. The final breath. Lungs open up. Asthma go. All disease of the lungs go. In Jesus' name, be healed. Amen. And please write in your testimonies. Yes. Send them in. Do that. Do that. Ooh, I felt that prayer. My legs started jumping. I just want you to know <laughs> while you were praying for the impartation. Thank you, Joshua, for being my guest today. And I'm so excited to finish our conversation. So God bless you, everyone. And we will see you next time on the Move Forward podcast with Dr. Kim Moss and my special guest, Joshua Silverberg. Thank you for joining us for the Move Forward podcast. We would love for you to rate this podcast and share it with a friend. You can connect with Dr. Kim on social media. For those links and more, visit her website, KimMoss.com. Host Dr. Kim Moss leads Kim Moss Ministries and Women of Our Time. She is the author of Prophetic Community, The Way of the Kingdom, Facing Ziklag, and The Four Questions. You can find those books on Amazon. Remember, never throw away your confidence. It is time to move forward. Thank <laughs> you.